Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And we want to thank you for staying with us here in our second hour of today's program. And I'm telling you, that was a great first hour. Our guest, uh, Russ Jacafe. I mean, I just, I love it, folks. We, we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Capitalistic Coalition, uh, we get called everything but a child of God sometimes. And one of the worst things is to say we are not the people of science. And so I just want to thank my friend Russ again for going through that uh, scientific Bible lesson. And, uh, and I know all of my uh, Bible buddies are going to really, really uh, uh, have a lot to say about that. And uh, But now we have uh, a guest with us who is on the line, uh, Tara Ross. And uh, Tara has written a great book, The Indispensable Electoral College, How the Founders Plan to Save Our Country from Mob Rule. And uh, Tara would fit into uh, another aspect of what I call the five C's, and uh, that's the uh, conservative and the uh, constitutional aspect. And so, uh, Tara, thank you so much for joining us and sharing uh, with our audience. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I, I, and I'm glad to have you. And you've you've been, uh, I have your bio up here, and I'm telling you, you have just simply been all over the place. And uh, <laughs> you, I mean, in your video, uh, Dennis Prager comes on this same station. Uh, we're, we're both a part of the Salem uh, Network, and your, uh, your video, he has these Prager University videos, little five-minute videos, and yours is the number one of all times. Like, I mean, 100,000, some crazy number of people. I, it's just, it's fantastic. I, I had no idea. Now, I find this stuff interesting, but, you know, I'm a really weird, geeky kind of guy, okay? But I had no idea that there was so much interest in this. Well, you know, it's funny because when the election happened last year, that, that Prager video was about a year and a half old, I think, at the time. And all of a sudden it opened my Facebook feed and I start seeing my face over and over, like scrolling through <laughs> from people sharing it. It was crazy. It yeah. has like 50 million views. It's, it's a little bit nuts. But um, I think people were just curious to know, like, you know, given what happened and how the election turned right. out, I think people just wanted to understand, oh my gosh, what's this thing that operates in the background and how can I understand it? And I was so glad that Prager mm-hmm. University just had that ready to go yeah. and help. And, you know, the founding, the, 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 the longer American history goes, the more brilliant our founding fathers appear. And I talk all the time, Tara, about the, uh, the cycles of, of history. And I think the founding fathers from their study of history knew about these cycles that you would uh, have a, a four-generational repeating cycle, a springtime America, a summertime America, an autumn an autumnal America and a wintertime America where things get ugly. And, you know, the nation was born in such an ugly season when we had to be birthed from Britain and Americans were fighting each other, uh, not just fighting England, but fighting each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four generations, exactly four generations later, 86 years later, with brother fighting brother again in the Civil War. Four generations later, World War II, and again, it's the idea of 
is freedom going to be expanded or is freedom going to contract? And right now, we are exactly four generations later, and so we're in that ugly season again. But what the founding fathers created survives. Yeah. I like the way you said that. I hadn't really thought about it being four generations apart. I, but I, but I, I sometimes say, you know, this is like a pendulum. To me, it's like a pendulum that kind of goes back and forth. And, and there's a lot of people calling for the elimination of the Electoral College right now just because they're so upset at how things are right now. And I'm mm-hmm. not denying it, it. Look, it's ugly right now in many ways. We're at each other's throats and all this stuff is going on. But the Electoral College historically has been one of the institutions that has brought us back into line. And the mm-hmm. reason it does that is because you can't win a presidential election without reaching out to people who are, who are not like you, who, or maybe you share some similarities, but, you know, you disagree on a whole bunch of other things, too. Mm-hmm. You know, historically, over and over again, this has happened in our history, and historically, over and over again, the Electoral College has reminded us that we have to work with our neighbors um, and focus on our similarities and what brings us together as Americans. Yeah. And the people who have done the very best job of this have won in landslides. You know, think Reagan, FDR, mm-hmm. uh, some of these people. And it's because they understood. It, they built coalitions. They did all of the sort of stuff that unifies us. Now, mm-hmm. I, I agree we're in a bad patch, but, but also getting rid of the Electoral College at this moment in time would be the absolute worst thing we could possibly do. Right, right. And see, the, 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 it seems to me that the whole idea is as – a conservative and that I I believe that the founding fathers were conservatives for the simple idea that they wanted to conserve the idea that our liberty is a gift from God and not Mm -hmm. a gift from themselves. They, because in the, in the uh, declaration of independence, they do say that the purpose of government is not to create rights or to grant rights, but to protect and defend rights that are given to us by our creator. Absolutely. Doesn't that make America unique where around the world you have kings, you have, um, I mean, even you you have fake republics like in Russia where they pretend to have elections or in China where they pretend to have elections or Mm -hmm. Venezuela where they (laughs) pretend to have elections. Now, if we get rid of the electoral college, is it likely that, just say if. I don't think we will, but if we ever get rid of it, would it be likely that we could slide towards being like these countries? You know, I think it's more of a real danger than people realize. Um, so think of it this way. If you get rid of the Electoral College, so right now we have a very decentralized system, meaning each state is in charge of its own presidential election. We have 51 presidential elections every year. I'm counting D.C., so that's why it's 51. Mm-hmm. We have 51 presidential elections. It's a very the power is dispersed over over our country, so it makes it hard to steal elections. It makes it hard to rig elections. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you do, you're probably just affecting one state you, you, it's or one party. Them. The way Hillary right. uh, stole it from Bernie. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> that was the primaries. I can't help what happens in the primaries. Yeah. <laughs> about the electoral college. But but if we get rid of the electoral college, then we are centralizing everything. All of a sudden, we're going to create what a new department of elections. To, mm-hmm. to, to make this all happen, it's going to be run by a presidential appointee. Right. So, so we have a presidential appointee that is running the election that maybe his boss is running in. Just or his like boss in China. Or is running in. Exactly. So, I, you know, there, there's also been a lot of upset right now about stolen elections. And, look, I'm obviously that's terrible. But also, 
this is something that protects us. It makes it harder for people to steal elections. Mm. There will always be dishonesty. That stuff will always exist. You can't eradicate it, but you can make it as difficult as possible for evil to succeed. Yeah, yeah. And if you're just joining us, folks, we have Tara Ross, and I highly recommend this book. And and look, please get it for your college-age children because they are going out into these communist uh, universities and they are being literally being taught that we need to uh, get rid of uh, not only the electoral college, but to get rid of anything that would help save this nation and uh, keep the, uh, the the central idea of America that we are a place where our freedom is a gift from God, not that our freedom is whatever the people in power say that our freedom is. And, uh, and the book is We Must Save the 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 indispensable electoral college okay and uh now real quick primer and many in my audience will know this but we always have new people coming on board the difference between a republic and a democracy and if and if you can uh well actually do do you have a few minutes to maybe go a little further i want to kind of go into this a little deep and we're up against a break sure i can do that okay good good i really appreciate it well we're going to take a quick break folks and when we come back we will finish up with the indispensable electoral college our guest tara ross a man and his microphone brother craig listen as your day unfolds challenge what the future holds try and keep your head up to the sky Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be shamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad. You gotta be bold. You gotta be wiser. You gotta be hard. You gotta be tough. You gotta be stronger. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, 
We have a fantastic guest with us. If you're just joining us, our guest is Tara Ross, and uh, Tara has written uh, a book, The Indispensable Electoral College. And uh, Tara has also written in the past uh, what she was co-author of Under God, George Washington and the Question of Church and State. And, of course, you could, uh, TaraRoss.com, uh, you just have all kinds of stuff there, and I, I encourage you to go there and sign up for Tara's newsletter. And uh, and Tara, thank you so much for staying over with us. Oh, sure. No, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the, the question I was getting to um, about a republic versus a democracy, and, and, this, and I want to make it somewhat political. And so, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. I don't know if you're a Republican or Democrat. <laughs> And uh, I could guess, but I won't. <laughs> but but, um, you know, the Republican Party is has the root word republic. The Democrat Party has the, the root, you know, democracy. Uh, 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 and, and so they play that they are the democracy, that they are for the common man. And uh, they are the party that is more likely to want to get rid of the electoral college. Okay. And I'm not just being partisan here. This is actually, this is an actual fact. Uh, and am I, am I correct on that? I think by and large Democrats are much more likely, and and certainly the party has worked against it in many ways, but, um, and more Republicans are more likely to want to preserve it. Right. Right. And Republicans seem to, and again, when you Republicans, uh, not that all Republicans are conservative, but, a, a conservative is, you know, 99 percent likely to vote Republican or 95 percent, you know, maybe some, you know, uh, off brand party, perhaps. But when you're dealing with the two parties, uh, Republican and Democrat, conservatives are more likely to vote Republican. And so let's uh, get down to. The, you know, because I'm big on words and the meaning of words and, and, and digging down so people can really, really understand uh, and get out of this emotional thinking or this need-based thinking of that, well, you know, the Democrats, they butter my bread because I'm poor and they're going to give me an EBT card. Or, you know, the Republicans, they, you know, pick your favorite thing and they're going to do this. But this is really, really goes to the heart of what type of nation we are and more importantly, what type of nation we will become, because we all have children and grandchildren for whom we have to protect these institutions. Correct. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. So give the audience a primer on um, a republic, a democracy, republicanism. Uh, and, and what it all means, and for a conservative, exactly what is it politically that we want to conserve? Are we just people who have cement in our brains, or are we trying to conserve certain ideas? Well, a democracy is much more likely, it, it emphasizes, you know, one person, one vote, we all cast our ballot, whoever gets the most wins, you know, if 51% has this completely ridiculous idea in mind, but they are outvote the 49%, 51% wins. You know, that's just what it is. And it's kind of straightforward. Um, I, I Maybe some of your listeners have heard the analogy that a pure democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. <laughs> so <laughs> that's democracy for you. You know, yes. win, win or take all. That's a good and one. It, yeah. And um, a republic is much more likely to 
um, acknowledge the need for deliberation and compromise and working together. And maybe there's some circumstances in which you you elect people based on their wisdom and their virtue and like hoping that they will work, work together with like-minded, wise, and virtuous. It sounds ridiculous to say this, doesn't it? But, but with like-minded, wise, and virtuous representatives well, actually, Tara, together with good, good solutions. It, it actually doesn't sound ridiculous, but this, this is the bone of contention I have with Republicans, that I agree with you that Republicans have that deliberation and that, you know, uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington uh, idealism. But like I said, every four generations we get into this ugly season. So uh, and it comes like clockwork and four generations from now, our great great grandchildren will be at it again. You can you Mm -hmm. can you can you can make book on it. So how do we convince um, these Boy Scoutish Republicans uh, to toughen up and that you're not going to lose your soul just because you're being tough. You're trying to preserve because, as you accurately point out, it's the Democrats that are more likely trying to do things to hijack our electoral systems. It's not the Republicans. Well, I, I always go back to just education is the best thing. I mean, the more educated voters are, the more likely they are to know which representatives just need to be voted out, right? And that's and replaced with new new people. And I think the founders would have um, they knew and understood. You might elect somebody thinking they're going to be wise and virtuous and all the stuff, but power corrupts and things happen. And you can't tr- you ultimately can't trust anybody. Mm, <laughs> they they yes. thought you, you can't. They didn't even trust themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, for what it was worth. Um, when and they knew that you needed to have safeguards on power, and so ultimately, our constitution, you know, hopes for some of these ideals. I think in many ways, but also anticipates that there will be failures, and it will, there will be failures because humans are imperfect. And so we we combine the best elements of we we do have elements of just pure democracy in our constitution. Mm-hmm. You know, there are. Uh, we we have a house that is represented on one person one vote representation as mm-hmm. it works out our electoral college the first phase of the election is purely democratic within the states mm-hmm. um you know that's how it works but we combine it with other elements of republicanism or federalism state by state action and these things all work together to protect our freedom um you know i think the founders just lived at a really unique moment you kind of alluded to this earlier lived at a really unique moment in time they didn't have partisan um, a, a partisan bias when they were discussing this. There was no Republican Party, no Democratic Party. The, the only bias they really had was in favor of their home state. And mm-hmm. as that worked out, it turned into a large versus small state discussion, mm-hmm. which I think was really healthy for our country. And, and, and But they were students of history. They knew political philosophy. They yes. understood the differences between a republic and a democracy. They worked hard to incorporate the best aspects of both and then to put checks and balances on the holding, <laughs> because yeah. probably it would all fail anyway. And it survived. <laughs> we, and it survived. And yes. I think it survived because because of everything I just said about how they were working so hard to create something that would withstand these kinds of um, these kinds of problems. Yeah, yeah. Well, very, very well said. <laughs> and uh, I just want to thank you again. And uh, and listen, tell folks. I mentioned TaraRoss.com. Is that the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Sure. If you well, if you go there, you'll. I have daily history moments, um, just little blurbs in the morning about today. It was about Mary and Abraham Lincoln getting married. Um, so you can find more about my books there as well. And um, 
you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. So. Yeah. You, now, um, you want to give a uh, – we've already plugged this book, The Indispensable Electoral College, but the uh, the other book that you co-authored, uh, George Washington and the Question of Church and State, uh-huh. we, we have about two minutes left in this segment. You want to throw a little something out there for that? Because that's a big one. Yeah, he d- he had so much more to say about this issue than you would ever imagine, because the focus is so much on Thomas Jefferson. But it turned out he struggled with this issue throughout his life. You know, do you draft Quakers who have a religious objection to fighting? What what do you do with the chaplains in your army? You know, when the nation was getting started and you were trying to decide what to fund or not to fund, or you know, all these, it, it just came into play a lot more. And he wrote about it and he talked about it. And he and he was actually a very practical kind of guy. And he thought if you want to have a a successful self-governing nation, then you need a moral and virtuous people. And if you mm-hmm. want morality and virtue, then you should support religion. Now, he tried not to be non-denominational in mm-hmm. his approach. He was more monotheistic than not and more Judeo-Christian than not, but he, mm-hmm. he, you could see him deliberately working also to to include a lot of people in this nation, you know. Wow. So he was a great guy. He, he had so much to say on this that nobody has any idea. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and we hope to fix that when we wrote this book. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll kind of revive your, the sales. I know that book came out in 2008, but still yeah. very, I mean, and that's uh, something that's close to my heart because I'm founder and president of the First Amendment, Inc., and, it, you know, that's one of my big issues. So It was fun. Yeah. It was really fun to dig into. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, and uh, and God bless you, and, and we, we pray that the, that the Lord continues to bless everything uh, that you do. And, uh, you know, the next book you write, we hope you come back and visit with us. I really do appreciate that. All right. Take care. Thanks. Uh-huh. All right. Bye now. Well, all right, folks, we're going to take our bottom of the hour news break. And when we come back, we will have your phone calls, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. 